Mormon Discussion Podcast is about helping Latter-day Saints like you lead with faith while tackling deeper, complex issues within Mormonism. All financial support goes directly towards keeping the podcast alive and supporting listeners like you. To support the podcast, please consider becoming a premium subscriber at mormondiscussionpodcast.org. Again, that's mormondiscussionpodcast, all one word, dot org. You can do this for as little as $1.50 a month or $12 a year. And this will also reward you by letting you listen to premium episodes like this one months before the general public has access. Thanks for listening. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Welcome to another episode of Mormon Discussion. I am your host, Bill Real. Today I want to talk to you about Elder Oaks Talk from the 2014 uh, April uh, session of General Conference. And I want to talk about what I think is a dramatic change in the way in which we word things and talk about priesthood, especially in the sense of considering as sisters in our church and their role. And, uh, and while I think many people heard Elder Oaks talk, those who were connected to the ordained women movement, those who were, were hoping for more gender equality, and, and felt like the talk had a negative tone to it. The, the more I listened to this talk, the more I would completely disagree with those who felt that way. And hopefully today we, I can show you why. I want to start off, we're going to listen to several sound bits from the talk. But I want to start off with this piece from him. Again, this is Elder Oaks, the 2014 April uh, General Conference, The Keys and Authority of the Priesthood. The understanding we seek begins with an understanding of the keys of the priesthood. Priesthood keys are the authority God has given to priesthood holders to direct, control, and govern the use of his priesthood on the earth. Every act or ordinance performed in the church is done under the direct or indirect authorization of one holding the keys for that function. As Elder M. Russell Ballard has explained, those who have priesthood keys literally make it possible for all who serve faithfully under their direction to exercise priesthood authority and have access to priesthood power. In controlling the exercise of priesthood authority, the function of priesthood keys both enlarges and limits. It enlarges by making it possible for priesthood authority and blessings to be available for all of God's children. It limits by directing who will be given the authority of the priesthood, who will hold its offices, and how its rights and powers will be conferred. That was pretty basic in that it just talked about what are priesthood keys and how we determine who holds those. And it's probably important to note for those maybe who who this is somewhat new having this kind of a discussion, the only people in a ward who hold keys are the deacon and teacher's quorum president, the elder's quorum president, and the bishop. That's it. There's those four people. At the stake level, you have the stake president. And I'm not even sure if the auxiliary presidents of the stake hold keys. The stake president might be the only person at the stake level who holds keys. The high councilmen do not hold keys. And and I think that's an important note to, to reference how few people at the ward and stake level 
hold keys of the priesthood. With that, let's get into some of the spots here where he makes some very, um, I think, interesting uh, statements and, uh, and expounds on some things. Here's Elder Oaks again. With the exception of the sacred work that sisters do in the temple under the keys held by the temple president, which I will describe hereafter, only one who holds a priesthood office can officiate in a priesthood ordinance, and all authorized priesthood ordinances are recorded on the records of the church. I found this statement to be very, very interesting. First off, there's an acknowledgement that in the temple, sisters officiate in the priesthood. Now, Elder Oaks here tries to make the comment that outside of this one exception, that one must have, one must hold priesthood office in order to officiate in priesthood ordinances. But we ought to recognize there's an important point here that once you create an exception to a rule, there is nothing stopping you from having other exceptions. In other words, you can't, there, there is no rule out there that says if you have one exception to a rule, that that's the only exception you can have. Now this may seem little, and I recognize that it's up to Heavenly Father to provide another exception. Or perhaps maybe the brethren could look at early church history and see another exception, which was that the sisters were allowed to anoint and bless uh, others around them in certain situations. And so the brethren, maybe on a policy change, could could initiate another exception. But I also recognize that for a major exception that's never been done before, it would probably take revelation. But at least to recognize that there is an exception. And if you have an exception to a rule, the rule is not 100% absolute, hard and fast. Now let's go on to the next comment from Elder Oaks. Ultimately, all keys of the priesthood are held by the Lord Jesus Christ whose priesthood it is. He is the one who determines what keys are delegated to mortals and how those keys will be used. We're accustomed to thinking that all keys of the priesthood were conferred on Joseph Smith in the Kirtland Temple, but the scripture states that all that was conferred there were the keys of this dispensation. At General Conference many years ago, President Spencer W. Kimball reminded us that there are other priesthood keys that have not been given to man on the earth, including the keys of creation and resurrection. This is a a point that I've emphasized several times on the podcast, which is that we ought to recognize what it means to be the true and living church and recognize what it doesn't mean. And I've heard members so many times say, in their testimonies or in their talks, that we have all the keys. But the fact of the matter is, we don't have all the keys. And President Kimball and now Elder Oaks is reiterating that we are missing keys, not keys that are necessary for this dispensation, but just keys in general, the keys of creation, the keys of resurrection. They are not present with the church at this moment. And I I think that is an important note to reiterate. And it's because of his next statement that this was important to say. The divine nature of the limitations put upon the exercise of priesthood keys explains an essential contrast between decisions on matters of church administration and decisions affecting the priesthood. The First Presidency and the Council of the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve, who preside over the church, 
are empowered to make many decisions affecting church policies and procedures, matters such as the location of church buildings and the ages for missionary service. But even though these presiding authorities hold and exercise all of the keys delegated to men in this dispensation, they are not free to alter the divinely decreed pattern that only men will hold offices in the priesthood. There is so much jam-packed into this quote. Let me start kind of towards the end there. He talks about it's not, it's not the church leader's role. They, they simply can't go against a divinely decreed pattern. And it's interesting here. He's not saying that the Lord somewhere in the scriptures states absolutely that forever and ever only men can hold the priesthood. But rather it is a continuous pattern of the Lord only permitting priesthood to men as far as offices and keys. And, and Elder Oaks here is saying the brethren's hands are tied that, that we cannot change this, this pattern in our belief system. And it's interesting. Why does he do this right after he tells us that we don't have all keys? And that's important. I don't know whether there ever will be a change, whether ever, you know, the church will ever be given keys or make a change to allow women to have priesthood. But it's very clear that Elder Oak says, look, guys, our hands are tied. We don't have the revelation or perhaps even the key necessary to give women the priesthood or something comparable or something that our Heavenly Father intends them to have but has not given it to us at this moment. We don't have it. And by saying his hands are tied, he's saying, look, this is as far as we can go. We can't make these kind of drastic changes without the Lord stepping in. And so I think, again, this was an important notation. He's essentially saying for the change to come, there has to be additional revelation and perhaps even another key bestowed. Let's go to another one that I thought was really interesting. I come now to the subject of priesthood authority. I begin with the three principles just discussed. One, priesthood is the power of God delegated to man to act for the salvation of the human family. Two, priesthood authority is governed by priesthood holders who hold priesthood keys. And three, since the scriptures state that all other authorities and offices in the church are appendages to this Melchizedek priesthood, all that is done under the direction of those priesthood keys is done with priesthood authority. All right, so he covers three points here, and I want to hit on mostly number three, but let's let's take these apart a little bit. The first one, he says, priesthood power is the power of God that's delegated to man to act for the salvation of the human family. Now, in some ways, I think by the context of his talk, it would be fair to say that when he says man, he's talking about men and women, that mankind is permitted to have priesthood authority to bless the lives of those around them. And he's pretty clear uh, as we get into this talk that this this likely means man and woman. Number two, he says priesthood authority is governed by priesthood holders who hold priesthood keys. And so he's saying that while both brothers and sisters have priesthood authority and use that to serve those around them, that only those who hold priesthood keys who are priesthood holders, can delegate how this priesthood authority is used. And then number three, 
He talks about the scripture stating, and this is DNC 107, verse 5. He says, All other authorities and offices in the church are appendages to the Melchizedek priesthood. And then he says, All that is done under the direction of those priesthood keys is done with priesthood authority. He, uh, he talks about the idea here that an appendage is still a part of of what it's what it pertains to. In other words, my my arm while an appendage is still part of my body. He's given this first inclination here that anyone with priesthood authority, even in the auxiliaries of the church, are an appendage to the priesthood. In a in a sense that means they're still part of the priesthood. Just as an arm is an appendage to the body, it is still part of the body. We were having a lesson on Sunday. The elders quorum president uh, had something come up and couldn't be at church that day. And he didn't find out until in the morning. And so he, I'm the ward mission leader, and he asked the, the two elders in our ward to pull me aside and see if the three of us could could proceed with a lesson. And we ended up using this talk from Elder Oaks, and we showed it. And I've been planning for some time to do an episode on this talk and to, to talk about some of these things that we're discussing. But it just hit me on Sunday when Elder Oak said number three. I all of a sudden I made a connection. And I want, hopefully you'll hear me out and hopefully this will, this will make sense. And maybe you've already knew this and been aware of this and understood the implications of it. The, the offices in the priesthood are very different from the callings in the priesthood. In other words, the offices are deacon, teacher, priest, bishop, elder, high priest, patriarch, prophet, apostle. Those are offices in the priesthood, callings in the priesthood, elders quorum president, first counselor in the, in the elders quorum, second counselor in the bishopric, a counselor in a deacon's quorum, a president of the teacher's quorum. Those are callings. And as we get into this, we're going to hopefully kind of distinguish between these two. But offices are held by men who hold priesthood. Callings are appendages to the priesthood. Some callings can only be held by sisters. Some callings can only be held by men who hold priesthood offices. But all callings are appendages to the priesthood. How does this apply to women? In an address to the Relief Society, President Joseph Fielding Smith, then president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, said this, While the sisters have not been given the priesthood, it has not been conferred upon them. That does not mean that the Lord has not given unto them authority. A person may have authority given to him or a sister to her to do certain things in the church that are binding and absolutely necessary for our salvation such as the work that our sisters do in the house of the Lord. They have authority given unto them to do some great and wonderful things, sacred unto the Lord, and binding just as thoroughly as are the blessings that are given by men who hold the priesthood. End quote. In that notable address, President Smith said again and again that women have been given authority. To the women, he said, you can speak with authority because the Lord has placed authority upon you. He also said that the Relief Society has been given power and authority to do a great many things. The work which they do is done by divine authority, end of quote. 
And, of course, the church work done by women or men, whether in the temple or in the wards or branches, is done under the direction of those who hold priesthood keys. Thus, speaking of the Relief Society, President Smith explained, The Lord has given to them this great organization where they have authority to serve under the direction of the bishops of the wards, looking after the interests of our people, both spiritually and temporally, end of quote. Thus, it is truly said that Relief Society is not just a class for women, but something they belong to, a divinely established appendage to the priesthood. Again, Elder Oaks is hitting on this, right? That Relief Society is an appendage to the priesthood, that that the sisters in the church have priesthood power and priesthood authority. And the callings in which they serve, they are appendages to the priesthood. The priesthood is the power of God, the power and authority of God given unto man, both men and women, to serve his children. Only men in the church can hold priesthood offices and priesthood keys, but that each of the auxiliaries, and I would even add in some ways quorum presidencies, are callings in the church. They are not a priesthood office. An elder's quorum president is called to that calling, but he holds the office of elder. And I think once we start to kind of turn ourselves and realize that going into a ward council, for instance, it's not about having a group of people who hold priesthood and a group of people who do not hold priesthood offices. It's about a group of people who are all in callings, who each have priesthood power and priesthood authority to serve God's children and who are to act together. And this would explain why the brethren have been pretty clear in recent training videos that we are to to set aside the calling that we have and simply act as a ward council, a group of men and women who are trying to push forward the betterment of the ward and not to say this is the elders quorum president. So he needs to talk about the elders quorum and here's the relief society president. She needs to talk about the relief society, but rather it is a group of members of the ward who make up the ward council who counsel together over every issue that no person says, Hey, I'm that's my area. Don't talk about that area and don't come up with ideas for that area, but rather that everybody work together because each of them are acting the capacity of their calling, which is an appendage of the priesthood. Everyone in that ward council has power and authority to do good for the ward as a whole, not just to serve within their sole capacity in their calling. Let's uh, let's begin wrapping up. I've got two more sound bites, and let's begin to kind of work our way towards the end of this talk. Uh, here's the next quote from Elder Oaks. We're not accustomed to speaking of women having the authority of the priesthood in their church callings. But what other authority can it be? When a woman, young or old, is set apart to preach the gospel as a full-time missionary, she is given priesthood authority to perform a priesthood function. The same is true when a woman is set apart to function as an officer or teacher in a church organization under the direction of one who holds the keys of the priesthood. Whoever functions in an office or calling received from one who holds priesthood keys exercises priesthood authority in performing her or his assigned duties. And here he hits on it one more time. Again, he differentiates. He says, whoever functions in an office or a calling received by one who holds priesthood keys 
exercises priesthood authority in performing her or his assigned duties. That is crucial. And it, and I think Elder Oaks is being very, very generous and genuine in making it clear the blessings, the, the rights, the, the privileges, the, the opportunity, the responsibility that sisters have within priesthood power and priesthood authority to serve our Father in heaven. And again, they don't have keys. They don't have offices. The brethren have said their hands are tied, that it would essentially take another revelation for that to happen. And I know that movements like ordained women and there are others out there are, are simply asking for the brethren to, to request from Heavenly Father to, to see if this change is possible. And I know that many of these groups feel like the brethren are not asking, but I think Elder Oaks in this talk subtly makes the case that they have asked and that it is very obvious that without additional revelation, their hands are tied. Here's the last uh, soundbite uh, from Elder Oaks. When men and women go to the temple, they are both endowed with the same power, which is priesthood power. And uh, I just want to finish with that that little sentence in and simply share that while on this mortal life we have men and we have women, they have different roles, different responsibilities, different opportunities, different callings available to them in the church, different functions they serve within this mortal life. That generally speaking, and again I realize there this is not does not hold true completely, but that, that men and women are different and that men seem to be programmed kind of a certain way and women seem to be programmed kind of a certain way. And we get so caught up on on these differences and and worrying deeply about those differences in this mortal life. And while I don't want to diminish that worry or diminish that conversation, I do simply want to add that in the eternities that both men and women have been given almost duplicate promises that each are promised to have power and authority beyond what either can experience in this life. I worry deeply that issues like the uh, this movement to to seek priesthood for sisters that while I think the conversation is important and I appreciate the question being asked I see many out there who are being deeply hurt and offended on both sides and I worry about some of these people just leaving the church over this issue and it's my hope and prayer that we'll sit back and see the progress that is occurring that sometimes if we just stand and we stare at the sun, right? We can't, we can't tell that it's changing its position in the sky. We simply don't see it. In fact, we're blinded by the light of the moment that to even capture where it was an hour ago or future progress that's going to occur is completely halted. But if we glance at the sun every once in a while, if we take kind of a step back and just take in the whole big picture and not rush to a decision at that moment, we realize that the sun's position in the sky is always changing. It's my hope and prayer that we hold on, that we lead with faith, that we stay actively engaged in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, and may the Lord warm your shoulders. 